We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With that, Jesse, let me tell you what. Let's just do it, because I know you've kind of got to get going a little bit early tonight. Not early, early, but you've got to get going. But are you ready for rapid fire? I've been waiting for rapid fire all day. (laughs) All right. Well, let's just jump in and kind of keep with the physicality theme a little bit. Marcus Freeman, talking about his defensive line, loves that defensive line. Here's what he had to say about it. They take after their coach. I mean, Wash is... I mean, that's a passionate dude, man, and um, he's a lot of fun to coach with. I remember when we first coached together at uh, Cincinnati, um, I had known Al from my days in college, and uh, but to coach with him, he is he is an energy provider. He's a great football coach, but an energy provider, and so when we had a chance to hire him, um, it was without hesitation that I wanted him a part of our staff. And I think what you see is that our D-line is reflecting their position coach. And uh, it's a huge credit to him and what he's done with that room, the passion, the effort, the fundamentals that they play with. I, I wish I could take credit for it, but he's done a, a really good job with that room. And, and you got some young guys that, that haven't played a lot that are performing well, and Jason Anye and uh, um, Gabe Rubio and some of those guys. Donnie Heidish, he's I told him, I said, you're reminding me of another 41 that played here when I was a defensive coordinator. I mean, he's showing up, and um, it, it's been really good to see. So this is my question, Jess. Coming into training camp, defensive line was one of the bigger question marks on this team. Where we are right now, about a week and a half to go until the season opener, do you feel more concerned with the offensive line or with the defensive line? You know what? I am actually going to say I have more comfort with the defensive line just because of um, the overall experience that is that is more prevalent along the defensive line. Um, And then to be honest with you, too, the defensive line. And this is why I like, you know, kind of how this is, you know, we've seen this trend more so um, what seems like the last five years to a decade is. You know, the defensive line is that hockey style kind of line shifts, right? Like you can get fresh bodies in there. And if someone's maybe having a bad series or a bad day or, you know, whatever it might be, there's more of an opportunity to kind of rotate someone in that can maybe step up or give, give the guy who's struggling a little bit, but bit of a breather. Uh, when you look at the offensive line, you know, there's, there's a lot of inexperience at the guard positions, guys who have never had actual starts 
at the guard position. And then you throw in the fact that Zeke Correll is not 100% right now. And, and, you know, what if a backup center does have to play? Now you're looking at your two guards and center, um, a three-man rotation that has basically zero starts um, in meaningful games at their career at Notre Dame. So I, I, I like the depth along the defensive line, and I like that the, the experience and, and how much kind of further along they seem to be um, than the offensive line. This defensive line is just playing like gangbusters. So the confidence level is really high in them. And it is – do you have to take some of the grain of salt? Yeah, but because of the limited live action that we've gotten to see. But in each snippet of live action we've been able to see during training camp, defensive line has looked really good and the depth is really good. And he mentioned some of the names there, guys like Jason Onye who's been tearing it up going back into the spring and and all these guys across the board. I I think people are going to have a lot of fun watching this defensive line this season. How deep is the concern with the offensive line? Again, it's hard to gauge. Is, Is the defensive line that good? Is the offensive line still just figuring things out because of the fact that they've been rotating some guys in and there is some inexperience in there? It's a good question. And, I think just because it's Navy in week one, it's a little bit more concerning when you look at what's going to happen with Zeke Carell. And like Michael says, I I tend to agree with what Michael's saying. He says he thinks Zeke's going to be okay. We'll sit out this week and hopefully next week he's around 100%. Even if he's not 100%, if he's 90, 95%, I think that that should be good enough. John brings up a good point. Are we going to pretend Zeke was good at picking up those blitzes last year when he was playing with two very experienced guards? No, but remember, it but was his that first experience full last year is going to make that's it this the, year so much exactly more easier. Right. That's exactly right, and he does look like an improved center. What we've seen from him in trade, and that's, I mean, that's what a full season of experience is supposed to get you, right? He's supposed to be better at that now, and he is better at that. Now, yeah, and, and he's, so, he's supposed to so, take. You, know, his you can you can say you can say he had issues, but he's got a heck of a lot more experience than Ashton Craig potentially coming in behind him. If if Ashton Craig is thrown into the fire, go ahead. Yeah, it just he, he takes those you know lumps and bruises last year as kind of the inexperienced guy, so he can be the experienced guy this year and help those guys those those younger guys that are you know kind of in in the shoes that he was last year help them along. Um, and, and just, you know, really be the leader. And, you know, you don't gain – there's nothing more important than experience itself. And I think that's definitely the case um, with Corral. I, I think he's going to have a much, much improved season. And I do agree that I don't I don't think there is – I wouldn't put too many eggs in, in the basket of concern right now of whether or not he's going to play. Um, I would just say more so that you got to be prepared that he's not going to play, right? Like you got to be prepared yeah. for that. And so the fact that, you know, that – someone else is getting those reps in and he's doing the things, you know, the, the, the steps necessary to, to quickly kind of, you know, recover from whatever he's got going on. All of that is optimistic, but you know, it only takes one tweak against a team as disciplined and physical as Navy. So you just, you just yeah. gotta be ready. You gotta be comfortable for, you know, whoever goes down that someone can step in and be ready. You spend this week at the very least getting Ashton Craig ready to go, prepping him as, as much as possible in case, he is needed next week. And then if Corell is ready to go, he's ready to go. And then, you know, there's there's still going to be a, a some different question marks that are going to come with it. But 
we can't sweat them all, I guess, right now. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Marcus Freeman also talked about his young receivers. He loves these young receivers. And uh, Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores Jr. specifically. you got to expect to see Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores both play for us this year. Um, I don't consider Tobias a young guy, even though he's only going into a second year here. Uh, but, but those two young guys, I would see having to help us immediately. And... Um, They've shown the ability to do so um, in practice. You know, Braylon James has had a good camp, but but I, I really we'll see how that progresses with Braylon. But I, I really think we'll see Greenhouse and Flores. I found it interesting just the choice of words, and you, you can always read too much into anything, I guess. But he says Greenhouse and Flores will have to help them. What does that say to you? Um. I think what that says to me is they had they had kind of a plan A, and I think plan A was 
giving some of those, you know, older guys with some more experience a shot at it first. Some opportunities. Yeah. And the fact that we haven't, and this is just an example, you know, one example, the fact that, you know, Bonzi, or sorry, not Bonzi, Colson wasn't with, uh, um, the, You're still no, thinking I, basketball, Dion Colsey. Dion Colsey, <laughs> sorry, I got got them all mixed up there. But Dion Colsey not getting a, a, a real shot, you know, when you guys saw them first and second string out there, I think kind of speaks to why Flores and Great House are going to get their opportunity. Um, and and it and it also shows that they need guys to be playmakers at the wide receiver position. And I think those guys are more dynamic and can provide some of those big bigger play. Um, opportunities. I think when they want Sam Hartman to step up and throw, they want him to throw with a purpose, right? Like they want that potential for a big play. Um, and I think you have a better opportunity with that, with, with guys like Great House and Flores on the field, maybe compared to some guys who haven't um, capitalized on the situation um, as much as they should have. These guys came from good programs. They were highly rated wide receivers. We saw what the wide receiver room looked like. Last year, didn't always get a lot of help from the quarterback position, regardless of who the quarterback was. They're going to get a lot of help from it this year. But these guys obviously enrolled early in the spring, and they showed themselves in the spring, and they have continued that into the fall. And just where the receiver's room was, and I agree with what you're saying, other veterans have had opportunities, whether it's Colsey or whoever you want to talk about. And they just haven't stepped up to be made there. That's, that's right. Vince and I talked about him a little bit yesterday. I just don't think like, I still see Colsey at the very least in a role similar to what he had last year, being that possession guy, a guy who can come in and maybe, you know, make a big catch for you on third down and, and potentially move the sticks and that kind of thing. But I just don't see him being a volume guy right now. And both of these guys, great house and Flores, they've been really impressive. For freshmen like this isn't just like you see a highlight here a highlight there and then people say well they were highly rated why aren't they playing they're going to play because they've been making plays since they stepped foot on campus back in the spring and it didn't stop during training camp you know the the abilities there and I think that they're going to have every opportunity to show it this season so it's it's pretty exciting when you think about it because you know again when you think about all these seasons where why isn't the freshman you know this talented freshman out there we're gonna see him this year um and I, I thought of something while you um were you know giving your input there i i think another thing that it it very blatantly shows um now that i think about it even a little bit more is i think fart Mar- <laughs> marcus freeman cannot waste the opportunity of sam hartman you don't bring in a sam hartman type quarterback a guy who is opening up your passing game and then not allowing him to, to open up the passing game. Do you get what I'm kind of saying by that? Like mm-hmm. it, you can't go out and get Sam Hartman and you know, all the not controversy, but you know, kind of what came out of that quarterbacks transferring, etc. And you can't go out and get him for one season and then not use him to his full potential. And then, right. Like you, and then tie you his need hands the wide behind receivers. his back because you've got a couple freshmen. You need the guys who can go out there and make plays and help him out. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't matter who it is at this point. Sam Hartman needs the bodies to throw to someone if you're going to go out and get the quarterback that Sam Hartman is. Yeah. And I think that he has uh, he has I, I think that 
he has aided in the progress of these guys as well. Having a quarterback right. who can throw consistently to these guys rather than quarterbacks who are a little bit hesitant, still trying to figure things out, all these different things. Ryan Roberts and uh, Salty Virginia Peanuts might have to wrestle over who's the biggest Jaden Greathouse fan. <laughs> I was going to say, because... that is uh, that is Salty's, like, probably number one prize title right now is uh, number one uh, Greathouse fan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael jumping in late, I believe. He says, everyone's worried about the wide receivers. Let's talk about what happens to Zeke Relitz. If if something happens to Zeke Relitz Center, who's the backup center? Well, again, Ashton Craig was running with the number one offense at practice today with Zeke Correll out. So it's looking like that's who it would be if Zuri, Zeke Correll can't go. <laughs> but I'm pretty confident that uh, – <laughs> that he will be able to go next week. And Ryan says that he's uh, he's going to be cracking the peanut. For that soon. top spot. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Ryan is pretty good at the trash talking. Speaking of trash talking, the Irish, they've been pretty talkative during training camp this year. And so the head coach, Marcus Freeman, was asked just how he feels about some of that trash talking that's been going on. We, we definitely encourage competitive spirit, and uh, we want to have um, energetic practices, and we want our guys to provide energy. Um, when it becomes a distraction, that's when we've got to make sure we, we cut it out. And there have been times in camp, like any camp you go to, that it's crossed the line, and we've got to make sure at that point we address it. And um, I don't want to pull back that competitive spirit that they have, but I want to make sure that we understand there's a certain level that we can get it to, and we can't cross that line. You know, and, and uh, that's that's it's a fine line because we're going to push him to that edge. We're going to push him to right there where we want you to um, play with that energy that, that truly I believe it takes to have success. But what you can't do is hurt your team. And uh, we got to make sure we always correct it when we get to that point. So, what do you think, Jess? You good with it? Oh, yeah. I am a big proponent of <laughs> trash talking and competitiveness and well it's just because you know again going back to these guys are lining up across each other every day for you know three to four weeks like you got to do stuff um you get tired of seeing the same guys so naturally you're gonna you know it, it's gonna get more chippy more competitive and i think that that stuff competitiveness is what drives to what drives more productive practices it it, it allows um really you know these, okay yeah, because I just think that when, when the intensity cranks up um, and, and that kind of stuff cranks up, as long as it's not leading to negative results and it's breeding, again, more productivity and you're getting the best out of these guys, it's getting them to go harder, it's getting them to practice harder. You know, the, the more the more you practice hard, the more you are prepared for the game. So I think it's, it, it's something that kind of naturally flows. I think the only time it becomes an issue um is when guys you know you, you just don't want guys actually getting into physical fights i think that's where right because that can we be detrimental any of that yeah when we've been around yeah. anyway yeah. right and so it, i just think that it, that's where you start to kind of maybe you know you don't want to create not clicks but when, when those fight things start happening it's it's kind of you know it, it's it's getting out of line and, and again you don't want that kind of behavior to trans transpire over into games and lead to you know stupid penalties or whatever it might be. So you got to nip that stuff kind of as soon as possible. 
Yeah. Tanner says, if you've ever played the game, you know, there's a lot of talking. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously a lot of talking going on, but the point is these practices have been like, especially when we're there during live stuff. Like I think it was last week we played the Jason Onye stuff when he was, when he was chirping, you know, like he was getting in Rocco Spindler's face and, and some of that this year's team, there is definitely a lot more spirited conversation going on at different points than we've seen in recent years. And the, as Marcus Freeman was saying, they have to know where the line is. They have to know where the line is drawn once it gets to game time. Cause you know, in a practice, it's not going to matter. It's, 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 it's a practice. You're, you're chirping at your, you know, guys on your team, you might get them a little bit ticked off at you, but kind of like what you were saying there, Jess, you hope that it brings out the competitiveness in each other and it kind of ramps things up a bit. What you get worried about, Pat McAfee likes to talk about the old whites, right? If you've ever heard the Pat McAfee show, the old whites, the old white men. There's a lot of old whites out there with yellow flags on Saturdays. That's, you know, again, knowing where that line is so those old whites don't pull out the yellow hankies and start throwing them. That's what you get worried about if, if you go past that line on Saturdays. Yeah, another point to kind of add to it to me is like that stuff in practice to me, it it builds that bond a little bit stronger as crazy as it sounds because you get into points where you know that your teammates have your back and you know that it's just it, it means that much more because like think about it, you're not talking trash and getting competitive if it doesn't mean something to you, right? Like who who goes out and trash talks, you know, again, something that isn't super meaningful, I think. When when you're when you when you have guys uh, trash talking and you know getting into it, it, it shows to me that people have also bought in to the process, right? Like they want to get good, they want the whole thing, they want to be successful because it, it leads to more team success um, and and etc. So I, I again, as long as it doesn't lead to anything that would you know lead to fighting or a, a 15 yard penalty, I'm all for that stuff, and I, I'm I'm glad I'm honestly glad to kind of hear that it's going on. You know, facilitate inform says they throw flags for trash talk. Yes. <laughs> it's And as Ryan countered with, it's called taunting. And it, it, all it takes is one official who decides maybe he's heard too much or, you know, whatever he hears the wrong word, even if it's not directed at him, all it takes is one guy. And then all of a sudden it's a 15 yard, penalty john says trash talking is for professional <laughs> wrestling but again you've been out there on the field enough to know jess it it goes on all the time it's it's just a matter of to what level it goes to and you know can you keep it under control so that your team is not put in a bad spot uh joe was asking the question where is the new media deal joe i think you answered your own question media expires in 16 months he followed up with i mean think about under armor uh, under armor has less than a year to go at this point it was just done so after this season and it's not 16 months i don't believe because after basically there are two seasons this season and next season left on the media deal the nbc contracts so there are two seasons left so i would anticipate that probably somewhere around a year from now is when we're going to hear that's typically when these deals are done slash get announced 
is with about a year to go, just like with the Under Armour deal. There was about a year to go on the Under Armour deal. We just got an Under Armour announcement from Under Armour. We haven't heard it from Notre Dame's side, but from Under Armour. So that's when I would expect that it gets it could get announced sooner, considering you've got all the NBC connections with the new athletic director and all that. I don't know, but we'll see. I, you know, I said I I feel like you you always if you're Notre Dame you want to be in a position of bargaining power, but at the same time, it feels like all this other stuff has kind of calmed down because Florida State was out there chirping and everything else. They have passed the point where if they wanted to go to a different conference next year, I believe today was the deadline for them to announce that intention. That's not going to happen. Uh, so it, it feels like the SEC is fully content with where they are. What happens with the Big Ten? I, but I, I don't think that there is a ton of other money that is going to be exchanging hands. You know, so that's that's just kind of how I what it feels like that Notre Dame is the last big TV contract that is going to be done. But uh, as Ryan says, it's 2023 and anything is possible. That is exactly right. <laughs> That is exactly right. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Ohio State head coach Ryan Day says he wishes somebody had really emerged at quarterback between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown by now during their training camp, but he is not yet ready to name a starter. It is great news that Ohio State is still deciding who their starter will be because what that means is there is no clear-cut guy head and shoulders above everyone else. So, what that means to me is it likely sounds like you have two average to above ad average quarterbacks. Um, and and it, I don't think that they have that elite guy uh, that Ryan Day is accustomed to having, you know, ever since he's been um, at Notre Dame. So, yeah, it's concerning for Ohio State, but it's great news for the rest of college football because I'm, you know, I, I – I would be happy to see Ohio State have a down year at quarterback for once, right? Like it seems like say. all like this entire, you know, two thousand from 2000 to 2023, it doesn't seem like they've had a bad quarterback and that's a luxury to have. Um, and so I, again, I just think that's great news because it sounds like both guys are just about average and no one's really stepping up and, and, and being that elite quarterback that they're used to having. Yeah. Derek says, what if they're both elite? Yeah. Oh. Can they both be really that elite? That That's what I mean. I feel like well? you don't have this issue. You don't come out and say this if you have two elite quarterbacks battling it out. I think it's yeah. it's more Your so. Your answer it, is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like both these guys are great. I'm having such a hard time, you know, figuring out I could go with both of them. But when it's saying like, oh, I can't really decide between the two. It's like, I, I just think that they're, they're uh, more average than I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Ohio State has just had an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the quarterback position, just passing the, you know, like it's like USC football used to be until about, well, basically until Pete Carroll left, you passing the baton, one Heisman winner or, you know, one Heisman contender to another. I'm speaking more Heisman winners with USC, but, you know, with, with Ohio State, all these guys drafted at the top of the draft. So, it is five weeks from now that Notre Dame and Ohio State play at Notre Dame Stadium. And the fact that Notre Dame has a quarterback like Sam Hartman ready to go, but Ohio State is having trouble figuring things out between these two guys, I think that it is great news 
for uh, both Notre Dame and for the for the for the big you know the rest of the Big Ten and for college football, <laughs> the college football community. <laughs> yeah, if maybe find I mean think about it, Ohio State and Alabama could both have major quarterback issues this season. Wouldn't that be good for everybody if, if that's how yeah. it actually plays out? Like, when's the last time that one of them, let alone both of them, had the same issue in the same season? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go out and say it's been a long time. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. College football writer Brett McMurphy says the Big Ten should add Stanford in everything except football and that Stanford football should play as an independent or in a group of five conference. Then maybe the Big Ten could add them in the future while the rest of their sports, the Olympic sports, would play Uh, in the Big Ten. Do you buy or sell any of this? You know, this is just a big circus of an answer uh, for what Stanford should do. And to be quite honest with you, um, you know, I, 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 for the majority, am, not that I dislike Brett McMurphy, I'm, I'm indifferent on, you know, him and uh, right. what he does. But it's it's just, that's such a, a Homer Big Ten take to say, oh, well, you know, Stanford should do this and this. And then maybe the Big Ten will consider adding Stanford after they've proven their worthiness to the rest of us. Like, come on, man. Like, that's, that's just such a stupid answer, in my opinion. Why is Stanford just going to you know, linger around for a couple of years, maybe try this or that out. And, you know, it's like, it's like to them, it's an open audition to come join the big 10 or, or something like that. It's just, it's a very big 10 answer to me because the big 10 just thinks so highly of themselves and that they're just <laughs> this great football conference, but it's like, you're too, you're so top heavy. It's just, you're two teams every year and, and your, your, your conference is decided literally by one game. So it's a big sell for me. And again, it's just a big circus of an answer um, in my opinion. Huge sell. There, there, there just is no demand for Stanford in anything. Why would it be even good for the Big Ten to add all of Stanford's Olympic sports, but not football? Why would you right. bring in the non like <laughs> those programs don't even generate revenue for Stanford, let alone bringing them into Big Ten venues 
across the country. The women's basketball program is elite, and there are obviously some good programs. I'm not knocking the programs at Stanford. There just is not any demand for any of them. There is no TV demand. There is no monetary demand. I mean, if anything, I think women's basketball could, you know, could could make its way as an independent because of Tara Vandeveer and and what that program is. It's they're they're just it, you know, and the the baseball team just went to the College World Series once again as well. They're right. always good, but even they have a hard time in terms of generating attendance and, and interest well, don't in they the have a hard area? time super hosting super regionals even when they're you yeah. know one of the better baseball teams in the country because of the venue yeah that's exactly right so there, there's just unfortunately no demand for stanford and i i don't think that there's an easy solution to what stanford should. I, I think the best case scenario that i saw was them and cal and the other team's you know, the, the other two, Oregon State and Washington State, just join up with the American Conference if, if that's what the American wants to do, because there, there, there just is there, there's just not a lot of demand for them. That's the reason that they're out there on their own right now on on that island. I guess they're not completely on their own. They do have Cal out there, but Cal is in even worse shape than them. Jerry Rice has proposed a quote unquote upper room for the Pro Football Hall of Fame to distinguish the elite Hall of Famers from everyone else. Do you buy or sell it? I chuckle when I read this question. Read this question. This is another big, big, big time sell for me. Um, And it's kind of, I I really don't like this uh, at all, hearing that Jerry Rice said this actually, because to me, Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame. Once you're in, you're in, right? There's there's no more tiers after that. That's the that's the greatest tier that you can get to. Everything below that is kind of like maybe you're in your team's ring of honor. Maybe you your jersey was retired by your team, but you didn't quite make it, you know, to the to the college football hall of famer. Or maybe you're in the or sorry, the NFL Hall of Fame, but maybe you're in the college football hall of fame, but you didn't quite make the NFL Hall of Fame. I just think there's tiers to it already, and that the 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 the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is the greatest tier you can get into. And if Jerry Rice really has that big of a concern, he needs to bring it up with the people who are determining who gets into the NFL Hall of Fame or not. Yeah. Once you're in, you're in. There's no more tears to it at all. So it's a big, big time sell for me. I think it's very Everything. selfish of him to come out and say something like this ultimately because he just right. wants to distinguish himself but that's from Jerry people Rice. even more. That's, yeah, that's that's Jerry Rice. You know, the, the ego is large. I think that that is pretty obvious. You're in the Hall of Fame. You are the greatest wide receiver of all time. What else do you need people to say about you? That's why what do I you mean. Need, you know, why do you need another level? You're either in the Hall of Fame or you're not. Because just what you said, the tier is the Hall of Fame. That's the tier. <laughs> you're either in or you're out. You get the gold jacket in the ring or you in the bust, or you don't get the gold jacket in the ring and the bust. That's what it is. Make it harder to get into the Hall of Fame if that's what you're so worried about. And it is very hard to get into the the Hall of Fame. It's you know, it's like Chuck Howley got into the Hall of Fame last week. And unfortunately, Chuck Howley probably does not have, and I'm being very serious and sincere about this as a, as a Cowboys fan, Chuck Howley does not probably have a lot of cognition about even being in the Hall of Fame at this point. That's the real shame that a great player, it it took him 50 years after he retired. Now he's in the Hall of Fame Hall Can't of Fame. Even enjoy His it. family can enjoy it, but but Chuck Howley, unfortunately, can't. Don Coriel has since passed away. It meant a lot to his daughter. If you saw his daughter's acceptance speech, you know, like 
Why do you have to have tears after? There's no reason to just make it. The, 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 the cutoff is getting into the Hall of Fame, you know, like on the baseball side, Harold Baines getting in a couple of years ago, Tony LaRusso pushing the case for Harold Baines. It's a shame that, that it, this has to fall on Harold Baines, but he has no place being in the Hall of Fame. And now it lowers the bar for other, you know, so people can say, well, if Harold Baines can be in the Hall of Fame, X should be in the Hall of Fame. That's that's what it is. It's the lowering of the bar to get into these different Hall of Fames that, that people need to look harder at. Yeah, it seems like Jerry, Jerry Rice, Rice wants, his, wants number his number freaking. Yeah, it's like yeah. he wants it retired across all of NFL, it seems like. Like, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It, it, it it's, it's, it's such a selfish answer. And again, it's, it's the, the Hall of Fame is the greatest tier you can get to. That's the last tier. There should be no more tiers after that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Jerry Jones' list of who he thinks, or sorry, Jerry Jones, Jerry Rice's list of who he thinks belongs in that top tier, I guess. That, that would be funny. Yeah, let's let's see Jerry Rice's cutoff. And then, you know, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of 49ers in that room, but let's see Jerry's cutoff. And then let's 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 see who he thinks is, you know, slumming at the next level below him. Like who who should be in the room with Jerry Rice? Let's see that list and then let's talk about it. (laughs) Fill in the blank. It's blank that Zeke Elliott has signed with the Patriots. I almost took yesterday (laughs) off of work. (laughs) <laughs> it's sad that Ezekiel Elliott will be wearing a Patriots uniform. Um, you know, the Cowboys drafted him. I thought Ezekiel Elliott was going to be a career Dallas Cowboy. And I know that, you know, running backs um, rarely get, you know, second big contracts with the team. But Jerry Jones paid up. He loved him some Ezekiel Elliott. And I thought at that point that Ezekiel Elliott's, you know, running back life uh, would only be with the Cowboys. So, it is going to be very sad to see him in a different uniform because him and Dak came in together. That was the duo. He had really great seasons. And unfortunately, you know, all those hits and mileages on his legs add up. And I don't blame the Cowboys for not bringing him back. Like it is what it is. It made sense logically. Um, but it's still sad to see. And I, I, it was actually funny. I follow Ezekiel Elliott on Instagram and he posted on his story. You, he got rid of all of the hair and he went down to oh. a, a clean cut again and I was like, I wonder why he's doing that. You know, like he went back to a very clean cut. He changed his number to 15, like he back, like back again, like he, like he wore at Ohio State. Um, so yeah, it was, it all makes sense, I guess, is what it means, like, is what I'm saying now. He's going to a, a clean cut organization of the Patriots. Um, and I hope he has, I hope he has an impact. I think he still has um, some good usage in him, you know, whatever his role might be. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still sad. I wanted him to be a cowboy for life. You're very sentimental. You love Zeke Elliott. I, I wish that he could have continued the production that he had early in his career. Right, he is, right. He is kind of like exhibit A when it comes to paying running backs and why so many, why nobody pays the running backs now after having that early, you know, early success in their career. Ryan, you're pushing getting blocked right now. <laughs> <laughs> If this was the Patriots of eight years ago, maybe, you know, I'd feel a little bit more trepidation about it. But I just feel like this is like they they have a need organizationally. They're in a lot different place than they than they were, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. I think it's going to be a lot harder for Zeke Elliott to go in there and have a lot of success. I do think that he can be a nice goal line type running back for him, short yardage type running yeah. back for him. Unfortunately, well, also he's the burst, a great the burst and explosion left him the last few years. Yeah. And he's a, he is a good blocker 
as well. That's true. That's true. You know, and, and, and max protect situations where, you know, a team, it, maybe it's third and long and a team's going to bring a five man stunt. Like Ezekiel Elliott is one of the best uh, running backs at picking up blocks um, throughout the NFL. So there's, there's definitely a role for him, right? He's just not going to be that premier first and second down um, explosive running back anymore. He's more of that kind of grinder physical um, and not afraid to stick his nose in the pass protection game. Yeah. It is just crazy. Like thinking about like when you were, you can probably throw Ryan into this as well. Like when you guys were young pups, what, like 15 years ago or so, you know, 15, 15, probably to 18 years ago, like running backs still mattered. They were still a big part of your plans as a football team. That has just all changed so much within the well, last. Well, there's always someone younger, faster, more explosive, and most importantly, much cheaper um, in terms of, you know, what, what running backs are going to want in that second contract. So me personally, if I was a GM and I was running a team, quite honestly, I don't think a running back would ever get a second deal um, in my eyes. Again, because you can always draft someone yeah. that's just as fast, just as explosive, um, and, and again, much cheaper, right? And if you are as good as an organization as you think you are, you should be able to develop those younger running backs um, kind of, you, you know, cycle after cycle. Shy town fullbacks still mattered two decades ago. Yeah. Excuse me. Now, now fullbacks are called tight ends basically. Right. Or like H back. <laughs> yeah. Because it, yeah, it, I was just getting ready to say most tight ends duel as a H back, you know, that's like the whole Ravens offense basically. There hasn't been a Barry Sanders since Barry Sanders. And that's like, you really like, when was, when was the last real electric running back? in the NFL. Like Zeke was fairly electric his first couple of years, but that went away pretty quickly. Like Reggie White was obviously electric in college. It didn't necessarily translate. Maybe Jonathan Taylor's first year. Yeah. Adrian Peterson to an extent early in his career. I think Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor is a good one actually. Just what, just what he did. His first couple of years, but look at where he is. Yep, Mr. 2.0. I agree with the Adrian Peterson. That's for sure. Jamal Lewis. That's true. I mean, there have been some, but it's been like it's been like a one or two year thing, and then you just don't see him anymore. I guess that's I guess that's the whole point of the thing. All right, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up with that tonight. Appreciate you being here. As always, let's take a time out. Or not taking time out. I'm going back to the radio days. Let's take a time out. We're coming back with some good stuff coming at you. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Hit the like button on your way out. Of course, subscribe, rate, and review. Have a good one. And we will talk to you manana on IB Nation Sports Talk. Peace.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.